Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Up next, Luna Talks with Anna Paulina Luna, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. U.S. immigration policy should be fair and humane. What we're seeing at the southern border right now is anything but, and is a direct result of the left's open border agenda. This is Luna Talks with Anna Paulina. Welcome back, everyone, to today's episode of Luna Talks with me, your host, Anna Paulina Luna. You know, I was on a segment actually earlier today and they were talking about how and we've we've known this for a while, but that the media really does hone in on racism in order to divide the nation. And then, you know, politicians will campaign on it. I was on a segment and they were referencing everything happening with Gabby Petito and Brian Laundrie. And I know that some of you have been following that. The fact that CNN and some of these far left news outlets are saying that the only reason Gabby Petito got coverage in her murder case is because of the fact that she is a white woman is so bizarre to me. But when you really unpeel that layer and you look into what's really happening at our southern border, for example, you know, that same outlet, CNN, MSNBC, that is claiming that it's racism that's actually spotlighting Gabby Petito and that it's because she's white, this, that and the other. They are the same news outlets that have the opportunity to be able to spotlight what's happening at the southern border with the many disappearing women, brown women and children, and yet they don't because it doesn't fit their narrative. And so I wanted to do today's episode and bring in someone that is helping to shatter that narrative, someone who actually is very similar to myself in a lot of ways. She is young. She's running for Congress in Illinois. She's half white. She's half Hispanic, which, you know, seems to really bother people these days when you have people that are biracial, bicultural speaking out. And I can tell you that, you know, you see the hate on the left and it kind of makes you wonder sometimes, do the people on the left realize that Barack Obama was part white? I mean, do they even know that? (laughs) Or is that something that you know, he gets a pass on because of the fact that the media basically has crowned him to be almost as godlike complex when in actuality they fail to, with a lot of their arguments, make sense because as you're saying, this is not just the first one. We could go into what's happening right now with force mandates. I mean, they're backwards in their thinking. And so I wanted to bring on Catalina. She's an incredible candidate. She has been someone that I've known now for several years. But what's cool about her story, and I think like so many of us that are first generation, second generation Americans, is that she knows what it's like to have a family flee a country and then ultimately come here to pursue and establish the American dream. 
And I want to ask her some tough questions. I mean, how does she feel about women joining the draft? That's something that people are kind of being quiet on because I think that you have this aspect of feminism that's really hijacked what true feminism is. And I'll correct myself. It's not an aspect. It's a faction of this radicalized feminism, which is really this anti-man-hating movement that has hijacked the real, I think, general basis and foundation of what true traditional feminism was. But I'm going to be asking all these questions. So without further ado, welcome to our show, Catalina Lauf. You're running for Congress in Illinois, correct? Yes. Thanks for having me on. Who are you running against? Rhino Adam Kinzinger. Oh my goodness. He's one of the 10 that voted for impeachment, right? He is. He votes with Nancy Pelosi. He's enabling the Democrats. We need to get uh, rhinos like that out. They don't represent uh, the conservative movement or you know the America First agenda anymore. So you have a very unique background and perspective. I mean, it's kind of funny. And I always joke around with people because when we were in Georgia together working on the Senate runoff races, people kept confusing us as sisters and they would call you like, Catalina Paulina or Catalina Luna or Cataluna. It was like different variations of like each other's names, but you're half white, you're half Guatemalan. Do you ever get hate because of the fact that you're considered bicultural and biracial? Yeah. Well, first, a little funny story about Georgia. I think I had my hotel room key. It was Catalina Luna and they wouldn't let me in unless I had the same <laughs> last name. Uh, yes. You know, it's been crazy. I, I never thought since running how terrible the left has been in terms of name calling. And obviously, you know what you're getting yourself into when you get into this space and in politics in general, but certainly running. I've never even heard of half of the terms that they call people who are uh, have multiple ethnicities. I've been called a coconut, you know, <laughs> fake white, fake, fake Hispanic. I, it's just, it's ridiculous. And at the end of the day, we, I hate labels, right? I don't think, I think we should steer away from that in this country. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's just, I'm an American first. And I just happen to have two parents, one that's white, gringo, blue eyed, and the other <laughs> one is from Guatemala and is brown. You know, I happen to be half and half. So it's ridiculous. Uh, they definitely don't like to see conservatives who have different perspective and certainly have family from different countries. So real quickly, because people are probably like, what the heck is a coconut? You have to explain the term. <laughs> I didn't even know what it was, but it was brown on the outside and white on the inside is what like Urban Dictionary or something told me, uh, which again, it's these terms are just ridiculous, but I had no idea what a coconut was. And I'm like, all right, now I wear it loud and proud and and for those who might not know Catalina, um, obviously she's beautiful, but you might have recognized her for being in the commercial for the RNC, which is where you guys had an incredible story with your sister. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how that came about? Yes. So I uh, had been an appointee with the Trump administration at the Department of Commerce and was working a lot with, you know, Opportunity Zone legislation and Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. And we were able to have that opportunity uh, just being involved kind of in the, in the Trump uh, circuit there. And we're asked to just share our story and the whole premise of that and why we, you know, just were super authentic about just our story, how we come from a, a really small town outside of Illinois. My mom was a teacher. My dad was a uh, business owner and we're able to just really talk about how we're the example of the American dream. And uh, my, my sister and I started a company 
uh, startup. And under the Trump administration, we were able to thrive because of economic growth, because you had a president that was pro-business, pro-growth policies. And how we wanted to share with the country of how detrimental it would would be under a Biden administration. And we're seeing it now with supply shortages, uh, supply chain problems, rather, labor shortages, inflation rates. You know, it's really impacting small businesses like ours. So we wanted to really warn the public that two things. Number one, you can be from wherever you are or whoever you are, and you can be a conservative. You can be young, you can be black, you can be Hispanic, you can be white, doesn't matter. But then also, if you are a small business owner, do not vote for somebody who does not understand economics like this Biden administration. And your family, I mean, your mom in particular came from a country that was basically torn apart because of corruption and torn apart because of the cartels really controlling a lot of what was happening in Guatemala. We see a lot in the media, I think now with this hyper focus on these migrant caravans, it's interesting because a lot of these people are coming from South America. I want to hear your family's story real quick, because I'm going to be asking you about your thoughts on if this is by accident or by design with the caravans. So real quickly, tell us a little bit about your mom and why she came to the United States. Yes. So back in the 80s, you know, these countries, third world, Central American countries have always had the same problems, right? If not worse, back when she came here and even prior to that, you know, when my, my when they were growing up and my grandmother was, you know, raising her family, they were in the midst of a civil war. You had guerrilla warfare, you had infighting, you had the cartels involved, the government, people were quite literally killing each other in the streets. And not to mention what comes from that, you know, rations. And it's always been a third world country. So when they came here in the eighties, my mom uh, really worked hard and she still wanted to, to, she wanted to be somebody that got out from where she came from, but then also did better in understanding that in America, you can be whoever you want to be. And so when she came here and why it was basically because of economic opportunity, Uh, She knew she could, again, do better for herself. She worked three jobs. She learned English at night, uh, raising a family, but then also went on to, you know, get two master's degrees and, and, and be great in her career field. And the only reason why that was is because she worked really hard for it and she learned the language and she assimilated. And nowadays you have this problem where this caravan, you know, we need to look into what kind of organizations are behind these people. What is the actual uh, political agenda behind that? Because let me tell you one thing, when you see this, the images that you see nowadays, first of all, my mother would never, Had I been around and and been born in in Guatemala, you see images of kids being sold to uh, people who sell them or rent them to just get across the border. Drug trafficking, sex trafficking, labor trafficking. You have the own parents of these three-year-old people selling or renting their children. Uh, All for what? There's clearly an incentive there and there's somebody making money for it. How could you ever put your child in danger? My mother would... I mean, that wouldn't even cross somebody's mind if they want to come here the right way and do it the right way and contribute something something to this country. There has to be some sort of incentive that is causing a lot of evil people to do evil things. So you need to look at, you know, what's the what's the motive behind it? Why are the incentives there? What are they gaining out of it? The answer to that question is, well, because they know that they can and they won't get punished for it. Uh, It's turned into a business for these cartels. The governments don't care. 
our government clearly doesn't care. Look, the Biden administration campaigned on if you come here, you know, you'll have everything for free or we won't penalize you. At what point is it, do we look at this and say, no, this is blatant right from wrong and there's more harm being done uh, with having lawlessness and chaos at the border than what we saw, which were improvements at the border under the Trump administration with really hard core law and order policies. Those were working. So it's it's so clear. And, you know, I, I urge the audience to look deep into what organizations fund this. The media is obviously behind a lot of the in a lot of ways as well. The propaganda uh, of it propaganda and saying, oh, look, we want migrants to come here. Well, what's compassionate about the images and the realities and the stories that you hear of what's actually going on at the border because of the lawlessness? Exactly. And I actually saw a segment on NBC, actually, of all places, that's talking about now a 400,000, that's right, 400,000 person migrant caravan coming to the United States. But I do have to break real quick for commercial break. So sit tight. We'll be right back. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Okay, so referencing that 400,000 person migrant caravan, it is projected to get to the United States at the end of October, beginning of November. I know that currently a lot of these people from footage that we've actually been able to see and play here on this show from independent news sources, they're finding that, you know, these caravans are being given booklets largely associated with the United Nations, and they're essentially being told how to get to the United States. Now, this is a two-part question. There is a huge issue as it stands already with our immigration system. We are so backlogged with being able to get people here legally, and it's so expensive that this is only, I think, making that process more complicated. Your mother came here legally, correct? She did. So when you see what's happening with these people coming here, and then you understand I think this argument better than most because your family came here the right way. You are Hispanic and you can see through the propaganda. Do you think that Hispanic Americans in particular are going to wake up and soon? And I think we're seeing the polling data to prove that we see a lot of Hispanic Americans, especially on these border towns that are voting increasingly Republican and or conservative because they're really frustrated with what's happening. But do you think that especially for the 2022 election cycle and then on to 2024, when President Trump hopefully is going to announce soon that he'll be rerunning for president? Do you think that that's going to be a number one issue for Hispanic voters? I do. And The number one reason, again, why a lot of people come here is not only for economic opportunity, but because of law and order. They've seen in their countries what it looks like when you have a wild, wild west. And I think a lot of Hispanic Americans really value the fact that they can come to America and they can live in safe communities, that they know the hardship and and the cost and just everything that was put into having to come here legally because there's a process and they didn't want to break the law. So now when, when they see all of these people coming in here 
and ultimately be, be given a slap on, a, on the wrist in a lot of ways. And even an administration, again, incentivizing them to come here. Well, of course, they're going to take that personally because they're like, well, look, I did it the right way. You should be rewarded for, for doing something the right way. That is why we have a legal system. Uh, and, and you're seeing, and I, I think it's going to become a bigger issue. You saw exactly like you mentioned on the, the border towns and, and the election, you saw, you know, very, uh, hard Democrat areas by the border flip Republican. And it all comes down to safety and security. And of course, economics is a big factor in that, but safety and security is number one. So it's interesting. You had CNN actually recently talking about, and they've been doing this since the Gabby Petito case really broke. For those of you who might not know who Gabby Petito was, she was a blogger that actually had a pretty significantly large social media that was murdered basically by her boyfriend. And now there's a a national manhunt looking for Brian Laundrie. But in reference to that case, the reason I bring this up is because the media is saying that, you know, the only reason this case got so big is because of the fact that she was white. And this same media, CNN, these leftist news outlets, most mainstream media doesn't talk about the missing brown women at the border. They don't talk about the human trafficking or the drug running or any of that. It's in my opinion that they don't, because if they did, it would really shatter their narrative for wanting open borders. And I think most people, if they truly knew what was happening at the border, they would be advocating for a closed border and a legal immigration process because they don't want to be a part of a modern day slave trade. But for someone who is very much so, I think, at the tip of the spear in this fight, right, you are everything that I think a lot of Americans want to say, but that they can't because they're, you know, fearful of being called racist. Obviously, you're Hispanic. Do you think that the media is intentionally trying to divide people based on race for more nefarious reasons? Absolutely. Look at what happened during George Floyd and the BLM riots and the amount of media coverage that received not only media coverage, but I'll be frank here and saying corporate, political, uh, the pressure that was put on and the narrative that was created surrounding that whole case uh, was clearly, uh, there was an agenda behind that in a lot of ways. Again, not saying that what happened was, uh, it was obviously wrong, but look at the the months and months of coverage and the actual policies and, and people speaking out, the celebrities, the political leaders. And then I also think back on uh, Vanessa in, was it Fort Vanessa Hood? Vanessa Guillen. That, right, she was Hispanic and in the military. And that didn't receive nearly as much coverage as what should have been significant amount of coverage and and a lot of questions that are still unanswered in that case how is this i mean this isn't even comparing you know apples to to apples this is completely the the media should do one thing and that's provide the facts and especially in a case where it's really harrowing whatever happened uh find out the truth and and that should be it doesn't matter race gender ethnicity uh, and to say that it's just because uh, in this situation, the, the person is is white is just ridiculous. When it you is. Have it's, so it's horrifying. Cases where, <laughs> right. It's clear that there's so many other cases where that has not been the case. So interesting you bring up Vanessa Guillen. I actually had the opportunity. So her, uh, her family's attorney is actually in the Tampa Bay area. 
Her name is Natalie and I'm friends with her. So I was able to actually meet Vanessa Guillen's sisters when they came out to actually discuss the case. And what her younger sister was telling me is that the media was trying to tie Vanessa Guillen into George Floyd. And her family is actually... I I wouldn't argue politically that they would consider themselves staunch Republicans, but their value system is very conservative. So they're like so many, I think, Spanish speaking Americans or first gen that really has that conservative value system, but might not necessarily know that they're Republicans unless you were to actually compare the two platforms and then remove the titles. So it was interesting because they did say that they kind of tried to paint it out as that. And as soon as they were saying, well, no, this is about our sister. And she was clearly you know, advocating for herself to her leadership. There were some red flags prior to this that really made her uncomfortable and they ignored it. They all, all of a sudden kind of just like switch 180 out, didn't really want to cover the story. So it is true to say that if you're a minority and you go along with their narrative, that they will blow up the story. But if you speak out and you don't want to go with their narrative, they'll essentially bury it. I do want to ask you, because I know that you and your sister are both you know, young women, you're obviously running for Congress. And there are a lot of, I think, this huge movement within the now modern day feminism, which that's a whole separate podcast. I think modern day feminism is actually an abomination of true feminism, which would be that you can really have an empowered platform as a woman. You can be, you know, provide for your family, not hate men in the process, which is what I kind of feel like modern day feminism has become. I want to ask you about women in the draft. I do have to take one last commercial break, so we will be right back. Sit tight. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Okay, Catalina. So women in the draft, if you were in Congress today, what are your thoughts and opinions on that? And would you vote for this? Uh, No, I would not vote for it. The feminists have pushed this so far to women and men have to be equal. And I think they've completely undermined what they originally wanted, or this is what they've always wanted in the culture wars is what I like to call them. Right. Uh, They wanted this the whole time, but yeah, I, I think when you read things like the Iliad and the Odyssey and the role of women when it came, and of course I have so much respect for females in the military, like yourself, Anna, who (laughs) serve their country and, and wanted to, to be there. That was the choice that you wanted to make. Right. I mean, that was, you did that because you wanted uh, to serve. And I, again, have so much respect for, for women. Uh, But in terms of a draft, you know, I think it's very important that we have the role of women in wars prior and, you know, the contribution back home in raising a family or uh, having a family and, and just kind of that there's value to being a female and female, and there's value to being a male and a male, right? I mean, we're, when we're blurring these lines, it, it seems to me that there's always obviously a, a nefarious agenda behind it. I think it's too one of those things that, you know, so here's the argument, right? You have women that say, okay, well, women should be a part of the draft. 
And they are the same women that refuse to acknowledge that there's actual biological differences between men and women, right? So like XX, XY chromosomes, men produce more testosterone. They are made to literally go out, protect and basically fight. I'm sorry, but if I'm, you know, in an infantry unit and I have a 200 pound, 300 pound dude, who's like six, five coming at me, I'm tiny. I'm going to get trampled. And that in itself, I think is something that a lot of people don't consider when you have women that are serving in different combat capacities. It's not that we don't want women to be able to do everything that men can do, but the fact is, is that there's physical limitations. And ultimately, if that's what's being put at the front of that argument, well, it can actually jeopardize an entire unit and get people killed. And I think there's this aspect of in our society, if you are conservative, your first goal and objective is to protect women to, of course, empower them to do everything, but to make sure that women are taken care of. And that's, I think, a moral standard, right? Like if you're a Christian, it's part of a Christian value system. If you're Jewish, it's part of a Jewish value system. People want that. But I feel like with the complete erosion of God from the conversation of the depletion of, I think, our Christian value system. And then you have this movement by people who have never even served in the military. Okay. We're talking about people that sit at Capitol Hill and think that they can advise and that they know everything because they saw it in a book. They're not realizing the direct impact this is happening in a, in a country. My fear is this, if we do get into a full-fledged war, World War III, you know, with China, let's say, what is going to happen to the morale of our country if people's daughters are being drafted and sent to the front lines? Could you right. imagine? I mean, it's already hard enough to lose your sons, but then to lose your daughters too is, is a whole nother argument. Well, and, and who's left, right? I mean, you look at drafts from World War II, let's say, I mean, the range of people serving was from 18 to like probably 45 to 50. I don't know what the age limit was, but then who is left to also, and again, I'm not just saying, you know, women should be the only ones out there in corporate America or keeping the country going, but you're also risking a large majority of your population that also comes with economics, procreation. You know, there's a lot, there's a natural kind of law here at play that they're trying to mess with when they do try to include also females. And that to me, when, you know, members of Congress are trying to play God and trying to get involved with everything, it, you know, it's, it's really concerning. How about members of Congress? They sh are they going to be drafted women in, in Congress who are pushing stuff like this? Yeah, it's interesting. Some, you know, some members, their kids will end up magically not being drafted during a draft, which is something that's happened historically. So it is an interesting point that you bring up, but it's, you know, it's always interesting. Why did they all of a sudden move for such an extreme measure to like make people automatically register for the draft instead of saying, well, people should do two years of mandatory service like they do in the IDF, right? Or in Israel. It's such an extreme thing that they would just go from point A to Z all of a sudden, instead of even giving people the option of, you know, having that. So um, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today. For those who love Catalina, where can they give and donate to you? Uh, CatalinaForCongress.com and follow on all social media platforms, Catalina Lau. Well, Catalina, we look forward to covering your journey. I really hope, 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 hope that you will make it into Congress because we absolutely need your voice. And thank you for joining us today on Luna Talks. Thank you. 
Before we go, I want to thank Catalina Lauf again for such a great interview. And I want to thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a review and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. To hear more of my episodes and get my weekly newsletter, go to Gingrich360.com slash Anna. You can also find me on Twitter, Parlor, Facebook, Getter, and Instagram at Real Anna Paulina. And a special thank you to producer Drew Steele, writer Aaron Kligman, and executive producers Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.